It's July 26th, 1997, and Push by Matchbox 20 is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Quillen. I'm Trav, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in 1994. Today we'll be talking about Bush, the second single from Matchbox 20's debut album, Yourself or Someone Like You. Push spent one week on the top of the Modern Rock chart. Here's a clip. It's going to be okay. Sorry, I felt like I had to, uh, you know, make up for Mr. Bummer over there. Well, I'm meeting the song where it's at. <laughs> meeting the band where Our, it's at. All right, so we're talking about Matchbox 20. Don't you dare spell it with a number. You oh, got to yeah. write that shit out. <laughs> yeah. Got to write uh, the full word. It's so, cool. Trav, you um, you seem to think that this is significantly worse already than things that we've already discussed. Yes. How is this any different from the Gin Blossoms or Oh my God, uh, or uh, I don't know, Toad the Wet Sprocket or Toad, Toad the Wet Sprocket? Yeah. Yes, thank you, Toad yeah. the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, no, that's a great question and one that I grappled with a lot this week. Uh, during the one time I suffered through this album. Um, I, it's hard to, it's hard to answer that because there are so many similarities with those bands. Like it does sound like the gin blossoms and it does sound like Toad the wet sprocket, but with the worst possible singer you could imagine, mm. like the worst mm. vocalist, the worst f- sort of like contrived emotional performance in every song that doesn't match the lyrics it's just trying to kind of sound interesting by adding different sort of like vocal ticks or tweaks or delivery it's just uh, it's rob thomas is what it is and um he's he's the worst also the this song is just shit the song um, is just a bad, a bad song. It is, is it is kind song. of a bad song. It's very, it it's very bland. Is. 
right? Yes. It's it's not necessarily like offensively bad, like a new metal song or something like that. But no. it's so bland. Um and predictable like there's nothing surprising that really pops up out of it but Mm -hmm. you can see that like yeah this is sort of like a well-crafted pop song that is meant to reach as many people as possible but it feels light years removed from april 1994 i it's so bland i i don't understand how this ever was like as big of a hit as it was like well, that's it why it is. Me, I, I mean, yeah, it, I guess it makes me question the taste of the general public more than I already do. Like, it, it's such a shitty, bad, boring ass song. Um, there are better songs on this album. There are better singles than this, and I just don't understand how. Yeah, this song is so was so popular and well, I know that yeah. other, they have other hits that are very popular too but my, my thought about the popularity the the main note that I made was that yeah there are four or five big singles from this album and they're not a result of a great talent they're a result of understanding the assignment and following the directions I think the mm-hmm. band just knows what a 1996 1997 hit sounds like and they they're capable of fitting you know completing the equation um using their own material and i think yeah they just they they seem to be matching very well their understanding of maybe what an audience would want to hear and i agree that's i mean it's not a it's not a very impressive talent it's uh it's a pretty bland achievement Uh, I love that you said that. One of my earliest memories of Matchbox 20 is reading an interview with uh, the singer and guitarist in Guitar World and um, reading about how I think they'd maybe met in like a songwriting class in college. And I think when I was like younger, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. They went to college to be songwriters. And now I look at it and I'm like, ew. That's gross. Yeah. You know? And I think they totally capitalized on it. Like they learned, like they went to school to learn how to make pop hits. And they did it. it congratulations, you're Matchbox 20. Yeah, it's, it's curious. I don't want to get too much into the rest of the album, but I feel like if you were taking guitar lessons and you learned your first five or six chords, you could play this entire album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really could. Yeah, There's, there all, is no yeah. never an unexpected chord yeah. in this entire record. It's all open G stuff, right? I mean, I mean, I guess, like, to be fair, like Toad the Wet Sprocket or Counting Crows or Gin Blossoms and all of this stuff. The guitar yeah. stuff here is like, I can kind of see if you get, a more um, charismatic singer who's just better and more interesting, you could make something out of these songs. And I don't think that necessarily applies to future Matchbox 20 albums. Um, But here it's like you can almost, there's something to work with, but um, I just do not like mesh with Rob Thomas at all. Huh? Yeah, I don't share your dislike of Rob Thomas, but I I don't like these songs. You like Rob Thomas, Al? No, I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's his fault that these songs are bad. Al, do you like smooth? 
<laughs> I don't are like you, smooth, but we'll are talk you a smooth about a couple. Fan? We'll talk about a couple things that I like. There are a couple. Sure, sure there are. He, I like smooth. Everybody far... likes smooth. That's great. Oh God, no! <laughs> he is the worst part about this uh, time of music. He's one of the worst. Yeah, one of the worst. Do you remember he's, when he's... the Pistons went uh, won the uh, the the NBA championship and uh, it was against the In Lakers? Two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all of the finals games were on ABC. And the theme song for the finals was "This Is How a Heart Breaks" by Rob Thomas, and it was no, like played that, constantly. And um, God, it was like uh, "This Is Our Country" by John Mellencamp when the Tigers went to the World Series. Um, yeah, just unbelievably bad. He sucks. He sucks. I'm gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> He deserves I wanna, violence. This, I want to. I want to fight him. <laughs> Jesus, is this because of his personality or just? I don't uh, know. Just, just his his music choices. No, it's he might be a totally my, sweet man. I don't know. It, no, it's it's my perception of his personality based off the music video, and also just his tone of voice and he does just look shit music. He looks like he he's looks in like Cobra a, Kai, right? He looks like a douchebag, <laughs> like the definition of. Uh, like he's like a music bro. He looks like uh Oh yeah, guitar center guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, so the story yeah. the, the story goes that that feminists strongly objected to this song that they thought that it was celebrating domestic violence. Yeah, no with kidding. The chorus, I want to push you around. Well, I will. Well, I will. I want to push you down. I want to take you for granted. So I guess what we're supposed to understand is that this song is from a, a woman's perspective because it starts, she said, and hmm. then we're supposed to understand that it's about a woman wanting to push a man around. That's, that's my understanding of the current state. Well, is that what Rob Thomas said? Yes. Is Rob that, Thomas. That's his wow. explanation. Said yeah. that this is a song about him being in an abusive in a being, being the victim in an abusive relationship. <laughs> Right. Who's right. going to look okay, out for the I white see. man? <laughs> yes. In that's... fact, I got to tell you, Loopy Date on May 14th, 2002, said Rob Thomas went on some talk show and discussed how it was, in fact, he who had been abused. That shut him up pretty quick. <laughs> kind, of <ironic> that, <laughs> kind of ironic that they jumped down his throat for perceived violence toward women, but weren't disgusted by whatever women did to him. <laughs> Okay, double that is standard top, maybe top rated <laughs> comments on songmeetings.com Jesus. for this song. She said I don't know if I've ever been good enough. I'm a little bit rusty and I think my head is caving in. And I don't know if I've ever been really loved. By a hand that's touched me And I feel like something's gonna give And I'm a little bit angry Well, this ain't over Al, I thought you were saying that he was singing Like that the interpretation of the song was supposed to be that uh, Just that the abuser in the song is not necessarily him But just a man uh, 
abusing a different woman or something. No, no. I, but, From but the perspective had, of a woman who is yes. in a relationship with him. And he and she is abusing him. That that yeah. was what I understood too uh, in my you research. You can tell and, that she's, it's her perspective when he goes, I don't know if I've ever been good enough. Right. When he does it in the high voice. Sure. Hmm. That's yeah. how you know. That's how you know the woman is talking that, that part. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, that is just such bullshit to me. And, and a big reason why I like him even less, uh, after spending time with this song and this album. I think we talked about how, um, there was a song on core that was supposedly like from a woman's perspective that Stone Temple Pilots had done. And it was so like, it just missed the mark so much that, you couldn't mm-hmm. tell. And uh yeah, it just gets a big old F. Fail. You didn't you didn't yeah. you didn't do yep. it. It's unsuccessful. <laughs> I just feel like poor yeah, poor rich white man, like fuck off. I mean he probably wasn't rich at the time, but of writing this, but So I already actually shared this back in the green room, but when I was a kid I thought that I def I I totally thought that this song was called Bush. And that the lyric was, I, w- I want to bush you around. And I just assumed, just the same way that when you're a kid and you hear people laughing at a joke and you don't get it, you assume that it's just super sophisticated and funny. Uh, I just assumed that that was an, an idiom that people used and that I was unfamiliar with. And so it never occurred to me that there's anything about pushing someone around until my mom uh, sat, came in and heard it and said, Alec. <laughs> and then I had... To- <laughs> I had to think about it a little bit more deeply. You got Just in trouble like... for listening to Push by Matchbox 20. That's amazing. Well, she, heard the... an, she heard an implication of domestic violence. I f- okay, so it's funny. I feel like this song would be like... This is the kind of song that like my parents would probably hear me listen to and I'll just automatically assume that it was a Christian song just based off the fucking way that it sounds. Yeah. She said Alec mm. just like she did when you said, do I make you horny, baby, at the talent show? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> One yes. of the all-time highlights of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe this would be a good time to, uh, maybe we can finally share a clip of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Unless it should wait for the bare naked ladies episode. <laughs> wait, the clip in the middle of it's all been done. <laughs> the clip of your talent show. <laughs> yeah, the clip of oh, my yeah, talent good. show. <laughs> song was popular did you think that he was like i mean we're saying now that we all think he's generally shitty and and a fraud basically right i'm not i'm not saying oh, that's well that's kind of yeah. harsh i just think he sucks well the, more or less what i'm saying exactly well um, wait a minute being a fraud and 
and being a shitty person I, is different than, no, than no, no, sucking. No, 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 I'm so sorry. I, I mean as a vocalist, as a performer, Oh, as like he's artist. a poser and... Uh, and he sucks. And he sucks. Like he, yeah, okay, yeah, yes. yeah. Confirm. Yeah, I mean, yes. I don't even feel that way. But. Right, oh, so really? anyways... So you love so him. At, no, I think it's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> he's perfectly okay, so, fine? He's perfectly fine. Holy cow, that's a radical opinion to take at the time as a kid did you take him seriously and did you think that he was a good performer a good artist or did you have any inkling that he was the type of artist that would go on to do something like smooth which is a joke which is i don't know i I, I... like in my opinion embarrassing and bad just straight up terrible like, did, did you see him having that kind of potential to be that? I didn't see him being uh, that big of a crossover success, but I don't know. That's I, not what I'm asking. I don't think but... there's anything embarrassing <laughs> about Smooth. I mean, it's not, oh, man. It's not particularly good, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what to say other than I, I liked a couple Matchbox 20 singles, and I really disliked a couple Matchbox 20 singles. and. Uh, so I never really formed a relationship with Rob Thomas, but I didn't, I didn't have any particular disdain for him. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Smooth's cool. You guys don't know how to have fun? No, I guess not. I, it's like it is an all-time terrible, terrible thing. Huh. Yeah, but like... I think it's cheesy, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's cheesy, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's not Uh-oh. a good song, but it's fun. Um, this is a comment about the song and about the album, but if you're making a shameless pop record, put some ear candy on it. These songs are recorded in such an austere way. It's, it sounds like a low-budget record. Yes. Which is weird, because it's the same producer who's going to go on to just pile, you know, synth upon synth and horn upon horn on the next record. It's it's weird. It's I don't know if they're going for a Nirvana era authenticity in their sound, but the sound the guitars sound kind of thin and brittle on a lot of the record, and it's not um, considering that these were so many successful pop singles. They do not sound like nice and full, lush recordings. No, they don't. But I mean, think about like what we've talked about. I mean, like Gin Blossoms and and Toad the Wet Sprocket. Like that didn't have a lot of. Um, layered production or anything it was just sort of like like good chords and relying on those good chords to build a good melody off of and that's pretty much it and I think that that's what they were going for here and um, yeah like I said I could have been successful with the right singer yeah I did like this song when it came out um, I don't think that it lasted particularly long, but I, I, I liked here. the melody of the chorus. Same yeah. here, Al. I, I liked it when I was a kid. I think I tolerated For like, it. it. It wore on me over time. Like, like, I think I'm exactly the same as you. Like, it did not last very long, but initially I liked it. Yeah, yeah because it was like an alternative rock song. And it was yeah. like the new yeah. band. And so it was like, well, this is, sure, this is this the new thing. Fine. So yeah. yeah, it's like, okay. But yeah. yeah, I mean, really, it just sounded like, I don't know, Seven Mary Three or something like that. And yeah, uh, the most generous thing that I can say about this whole record is maybe it's kind of supposed to be in the tradition of Tom Petty. 
I kind of consider Tom Petty to be boring, so that's you know I'm I'm gonna go there probably to a that's a uh, a lower bar for me than it is for other people, but yeah, um, yeah, just super basic. And uh, you know the the guitar, the lead guitar, is also on this song and beyond. It's just totally perfunctory. I mean, there's nothing impressive or athletic or. There's nothing spontaneous about it. It feels mm-hmm. just very leaden, um, boring lead guitar work on almost every song. They're they're high school football players playing that started a band. That's that's okay. What they come across to as me. Yeah, like, I don't sure. object to that. Yeah, they're 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 former former high school jacks who learned to play guitar and bass and drums when they couldn't play sports in college and wanted attention and i'm i'm really bitter sorry i just they fucking were, hate this no they were band. probably uh influenced by the wallflowers like <laughs> right. they just found out that music existed <laughs> the year and they're like, like, oh, this we album do came out wait this album came out in 96 we could be in a band and get laid like that's that's yep. that's how they strike yeah. me totally. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. Any notes on the music video? Oh man, it just sucks. <laughs> like everything. Yeah, like he everything does, with this fucking song. He does look and act pretty obnoxious in this video. He, yes, he, he, it's an incredibly douchey look for him. Wow. Who who's more insufferable, Rob Thomas in this video or um, Gavin Rosdale in? Oh, is it come down that he's yeah. like really hamming it up for the camera? Yes. And... God, it makes me long for the days of Gavin Rossdale and come Agreed. Down. <laughs> Agreed. One hundred percent. I think they're kind of in the same category in my book. I respect Rossdale one hundred times more. Gavin Rossdale is um Sid Vicious compared to Rod Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> this band makes Tonic sound like Pantera. all right uh we'll take a short break and talk about the album I mean, I, I did like a couple of the singles. I did. All right. Yeah, so this came out in, in October 1996. Uh, were you aware of the band prior to Push? No, Push was my intro. I'm pretty sure on MTV, seeing the music video. Yeah, was there actually an opportunity to be introduced to them prior to Push? Yeah, yeah. There was I a think, single before I think that Push, that I was apparently. actually pretty familiar with the song Long Day before really? Push came. Yeah, and I liked Long Day, and I still like Long Day reasonably well. And I can't get myself to go away. Oh, God, I shouldn't feel this way now. Reach down your hand in your pocket. Pour out some hope for me. It's been a long day. Always say that right when no longer your hand won't stop it. Just keep you trembling. It's been a long day. Always say Um, I just think that it's uh, 
it, it sounds a little like the Guess Who in a, <laughs> a, a weird way. Holy um, cow. <laughs> and uh, I, I like how it goes right into that um, pretty active acoustic guitar thing. And I think that then it builds well from there. So I think it's one of the two songs from this album that I, I think holds up decently well. And that was, that was how kind of how I felt at the time too. I think that Long Day was always my preferred single uh, over Push. And that song came out kind of strong, number eight on the mainstream rock chart. Yeah. Yeah. What do you two think of Long Day? I didn't remember. I definitely did not remember it. Um, And uh, I think that it is better than Push, for sure. I'm honestly trying trying to think of what I think the best Matchbox 20 song is, and I don't know. It, yeah. it could be Long Day. I don't know. It's, it, it's probably a little more um, a rich and complex than Push, um, but it doesn't do much for me. I might have, it, I might have an answer for that, uh, what I think the best Matchbox 20 song is, and it's not on this album. Yeah. I, I agree that I think my favorite, my, my top Matchbox 20 song is probably not on this album. Yeah. I don't, I don't have much to say about this album. I mean, half of the, half of the songs are singles and then the other half is, is completely nondescript. It really is. And it's, it's pretty remarkable to come out. I mean, again, like come up right up out of the gate and have like five or six singles in the first half of the album that are really successful. Um, that's, tough to do and they did it um good for them i guess bad for the rest of us (laughs) yeah yeah i the non-singles are i mean the singles are not particularly exciting but the rest of the album like yeah i mean it's just so forgettable and boring it's like i mean it's complete garbage like i have a hard time really feeling strongly about it though just because i it's it it left so little of an impression on me like it um yeah i so i liked um as a kid i liked 3 a.m similarly to push um i think like initially i liked it and then i got sick of it really fast because i feel like that song was really played everywhere um and it makes sense to me now why I liked it as a kid because it has that bouncy, like jangly acoustic guitar that Jars of Clay and Hootie and the Blowfish had. Um, yeah. So like, it makes sense. And and I don't hate. I I think Three AM is unoffensive and 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 pretty pretty okay. Um. And then real, but why, real why is it so soulless? Why like no like you sure, said it does sure. sound like that, but like what like I. I don't think we've put our finger on it. I don't know that I think it's, it's something you can explicitly like. I mean, state. F- for me, it's vulgar. It's 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 not even the sound of his voice necessarily. It's the performance. It's the lack of character. It's I don't know. He just. But he does do a lot of stuff. Like you can immediately tell when Rob Thomas is singing. Yeah, right? but so he does I, have I character, it's just, but it's not good it's just a vibe man it's just no it's just (laughs) i'm having a hard time explaining but it's it like for me that is why like he he negatively um 
affects these songs. Absolutely. Hootie singing 3AM, I would probably love, to be honest. I think 3AM's a piece of shit. I, 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 think this, I think this song's doomed. There's nothing that any singer could do with that song. It is just the mm. absolute most bland, boring thing. Really? Yeah, those three chords. You don't I think Duritz could do something with it? All the lyrics. <laughs> I, I honestly kind of think he could. Um, the, the single after 3M, which 3M was huge too. 3M was number three on the modern rock chart, number two on the mainstream rock, and a pop number two. Um, and then Real World was the next single, and that is, I think, the best single. Um, oh, I think it's even worse than 3 a.m. Man, that's so funny. I think the lead... I, Real World is just garbage. The lead guitar line, I like. Um, uh, Rob <clears throat> Thomas's singing is awful in it, really insufferable. Um, but I, I like the music. I like the music. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Quite a you bit. mean the song that starts with... I wonder what it's like to be the rainmaker. I wonder what it's like to know that I made the rain. <laughs> That's yeah. poetry. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, I honestly kind of think it's probably the best song in the album. Yeah, that that's how I feel, and it sucks. Uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I edited it. I edited it to my eighty uh, nine X playlist on Spotify. Oh, don't do but, that. Uh, I did. I, Aaron, I did it do off. it. Um, <laughs> Remove it. The other single, "Back to Good," back to the number, uh-huh. uh, good. I I did not recognize that, and that that really? is. Uh, that is arguably like I, that's in the running against Real World for me. Like yeah, I, I like yeah. I, like I remembered song. it, and that's without a doubt my favorite song on the album. Is it, yeah, it's yeah, it's, which which favorite. means it's like maybe a three point five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And the the horn. It's nice to have the horns. There's oh, a yeah. there's a little yeah. more ear candy in it. It yes. feels a little bit more better produced, and um. Yeah. Uh, that uh, uh, the 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 chorus where he goes da, 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 and then the trumpet goes da, yeah. Da, da. That's a nice moment. Yeah. I like yeah. the verses. Yeah, nice I like the verses a lot. I just like the um the slow beat and the chord progression. It, it's it's pretty good. But yeah, you 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 might be right that like three point five is like the um where ceil- this band tops out ceiling. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Why everyone here was doing me like they do But I'm sorry now And I don't know how To get it back For this album, apparently you love songs on Mad Season, I'm assuming? I don't love songs on Mad Season, but again, I was saying, if you're going to make shameless pop, put some ear candy yeah. in it. And so this stuff that comes out on the album after this that is like ludicrously heavily produced and definitely just sounds like it's straight up meant for the grocery store, I like this band better when they're acknowledging that that's who they are. And uh, so I... 
think that the two songs, uh, Last Beautiful Girl, I think that's a, a pretty good pop song. I think that the production is quite good. And uh, If You're Gone, I think is a, is a perfectly good song to hear at the grocery store. And, and probably, I think because it's just in that mode and that's where I think this band truly belongs, um, it's, it's probably better than anything on yourself or someone like you. I think we should try. I think I can need this in my life. And I think I'm scared. I think too much. I know it's wrong, it's a problem I'm dealing If you're gone, maybe it's time to come home There's an awful lot of breathing, but I can hardly move So I couldn't bring myself um, to listen to any of the songs all the way through um, on Mad Season. I... I you know, subjected myself to too much torture as I was listening to this album. Um, but it sounded better for sure. It, like the ear candy thing, like you said, um, mm-hmm. the production sounded good and interesting for what the songs were. Um, hit Rob Thomas's voice sounded better too. He sounded hmm. um, like he was not straining as much, not trying as hard. <clears throat> um that maybe made his voice sound even more bland, but uh, he didn't sound like he was forcing like uh, like an Eddie Vedder intonation yeah. or, or anything like that. Um, if You're Gone also has a really cool chord choice right before the chorus. I'll take your word for it. It's like a whole step down. Yeah. Yeah, I believe, I believe it. I would just like to point out that this band is so far removed from the grunge movement that they thought it was okay to name a, an album Mad Season. Yeah. <laughs> as if that yeah. is a phrase that hadn't been used already. Um, and that they sound like um, the second phase of Train at this point <laughs> in their career. No, I, I definitely think that makes sense. Um. The second coming of Train. Yeah. <laughs> like, so on yourself or someone like you, I, I don't fault the band. The band is like a, a normal band that could be okay doing like a jangly kind of like open chord rock bands kind of thing. But on Mad Season, the band is terrible too. Um, pretty much throughout. But that being said... Uh, I think Bent is probably the best Matchbox 20 song. Um, I heard it on the radio when I was driving around at work one day and um, wasn't really paying attention to it. And that opening riff, like the guitar and the delay that's involved in it, kind of got under my skin a little bit and stuck with me. We're going to get into shittier bands that are just like, oh, this sucks. But there's something uniquely offensive about the blandness of Matchbox 20 
that just I, I can't get past. Yeah, I, I I have to say that I I disagree with you in that I think that the, for for me this might be the bottom. This might be this might be the bottom for me. Right? Yeah. Now. No. This, I no. Wait. Band, that's like, agreed. That's what I'm trying to okay. say. Is that like, like you know there'll be shitty like we're gonna have to talk about Limp Biscuit and Creed and stuff and that that'll be uh probably more interesting than this yeah for for sure for sure for sure I think that this is still better than Silverchair oh fuck wow. I yeah. think Frog Stomp might be the absolute bottom of what we've talked about for me. I listened so far. to that on Sunday morning while wow. I was making breakfast. Yeah. It no. was still good. <laughs> I don't agree with that, but uh Yeah, I, I have a, I have a hard time imagining that anything is gonna get worse than that just that level of like it's it's a boringness that is not even like Rob Thomas is boring, but he understands how to deliver someone a little serotonin dose or dopamine. What, what, what kind yeah, of dose is he giving? Sure. Uh, he, um, he understands <laughs> how, to, how to manipulate your brain into liking a song. Silverchair does not understand that. And it's just, it's, the, it's a perfunctory kind of music performance that is like ignorant of anything about how it will be received. Well, it sounds like you and me got different brains, brother. Mainstream rock number one is still If You Could Only See by Tonic. Oh, better or worse song than Push. But Gosh, way, way that's, that's better. tough that's for me. That's insanity. I think it's probably that's insanity. better. The I think I'm going to say worse. The tonic song is like 10 times you think better if, than Push. You think Push is better than If You Could Only See? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. I, yeah. think, I think If You Could Again, Only See is better. That thing about trying to have it both ways just pisses me off so much. Pop number one is still I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy. And uh, elsewhere on the charts, what do you two see? Of the songs we haven't discussed before, there is a great song called Building a Mystery by Sarah McLaughlin on the charts. That song is great. I, I think I didn't appreciate it when it happened, um, mm-hmm. but it's a fantastic song about spirituality. It's really great. Um, if you can sit down and really kind of like you know, read through the lyrics and listen to it as it is. Excellent song. Uh, Adia by Sarah McLaughlin is a five-star song for me. This is really up there. Um, but yeah, this is probably maybe the most exciting song on the charts this week for me. like the oasis song uh okay so do you know what i mean the first single from be here now 
is uh is on the chart yeah number number nine i think there's some appealing things about it but it just suffers from that be here now bloat <laughs> so severely it just i mean it, how long is it it's is like it seven minutes, minutes long it's seven minutes and i'm pretty sure the single version was long like i, I remember distinctly i remember seeing the premiere on mtv with the fucking helicopters yeah um at the beginning and uh i just was like no don't care like this is way too bloated for me and uh i thought like now as an adult like oh i you know i got into some of the songs on uh definitely maybe maybe i'll I'll appreciate this and uh no it's it's not as bad it's not as bad as i remember thinking it was but yeah it's to, it's all swagger i mean that's yeah. all that there really is and i yeah. mean it's the the chorus is all my people right in here right now do you know what i mean yeah yeah so <laughs> you can tell yeah. either it's pretty empty yeah uh and and be, beyond that it has the same chords as wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> which just feels i don't know right it, it def- definitely doesn't feel like they're giving it their all and gosh it's they're, they're just so overconfident it's it's hard to get through i would say maybe for the first minute with the production flourishes and things like that and the drums coming in and the backwards vocals that stuff's kind of exciting but it wears out as welcome so soon the drums sound cool too i think yeah It's three spots higher than Song 2 by Blur, which is a yeah. far superior song. Yeah. And much Yeah, shorter. I uh I I I liked Be Here Now at the time, but I have so much trouble listening to it now. Mm-hmm. Uh whereas that Blur <clears throat> self-titled album we've already shared, but that is a, a special record. Trev, it's also six spots higher than Transistor by 311, <laughs> which is a jam. Such a jam. Hey, stop it. I oh, mean, compared I to Push. Compared to Down. It's a, it's a jam. It's a great... I, I, I legitimately liked a couple of the singles from Transistor. There's a, a Goo Goo Dolls song that's actually going to be on the charts for a little while called La- Lazy Eye. Lazy Eye. I was not familiar with it. It's, I it's wasn't another, familiar with it either. It's another rock song, too. It's like pre... It's like pre-Iris. And it's another Batman and Robin song. Yeah, From the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, I didn't didn't care for it either, but I appreciated that they were still rocking at this point. Yeah. I just like, I'd like to point out how cruel it is that at number 36 is Toad the Wet Sprocket with Come Down, which is so much better than Push. It is one of the best Toad the Wet Sprocket singles. And it's just kind of like floundering at the bottom of the charts. Um, and it's a fantastic song. Oh. 
and it's not that complicated like it's it's not you don't have to like i don't know that should have had the broad appeal that push had but apparently you have to be super shitty to be a number one hit in 1997 <laughs> in july 1997 mm-hmm. um well real quick uh i wanted to point out breathe by prodigy at number 33 did you guys like that song not, yeah no not particularly it was scary yeah the music but, uh, video was terrifying yeah but it's cool the music video had all the millipedes and stuff <laughs> i like both of those prodigy big prodigy singles a lot now but i gotta say i i really like Firestarter. oh really adult. yeah what about smack my b up uh i just can't handle that lyric <laughs> yeah agreed yeah. agreed Firestarter, i don't <sighs> like either but breathe breathe kind of holds up for me um and then I Criminal by Fiona Apple is on the chart as well. I'm sure that will climb. Um it's just at 37. Um and then the last thing that I was intrigued by was this uh What Do You Want From Me by Monaco at number twenty nine. Did either of you happen to check that out or, or does that ring a bell? No. I don't think that okay. I checked it out. It it sounds like New Order. It's crazy. Like it oh. it sounds exactly like New Order. Um like like as if New Order like it sounds like um what was the New Order album that came out in ninety two with um regret Republic. on it? Republic. It it just sounded like the next thing that they would have done. Um That's cool. It was pretty pretty decent, yeah. Yeah, I just I had never heard of that band before. Oh, you know what? I before we uh, before we rate, um, I definitely need to share that uh, the producer of this record, who also went on to produce the next Matchbox Twenty record, Matt Serletic, uh got his start in an early version of Collective Soul. Oh, hello, that's a pro- kind of appropriate. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, Collective Soul are better. I'm not gonna. It's a few steps down. Argue that, but. Several it kind of makes sense. They were safe, boys. It's they a staircase down. An entire flight of stairs down. Would you rather have a mad season or a disciplined breakdown? <laughs> God, I love both. That sounds like right. heaven. Ratings. What do we think of Push yeah. by Matchbox 20? I give it one face that don't seem to want to shine because they're a little bit dirty. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a little bit dirty. <laughs> I give Push by Matchbox 20 one cursed demon blood shit. <laughs> Is this going to be a stall of blamer? I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it two and a half of myself or someone like me. Cool. Oh, it's one. Wait, you gave it 2.5? I gave it 2.5. Yeah, it's uh, 1.5 is the average. Yeah. So wow. It's, it's okay. In. So Stall of Blame is now God. glycerine and 
God, glycerine sounds like Sunday morning by the Velvet Underground compared to Push <laughs> by Matchbox 20. Um, what about, was Zombie? No. It wasn't? No. Zombie, I think, just barely cleared it. Okay. Oh, shit, Down was in oh, the stall. I was wondering. <laughs> I... Yeah. yeah, those are the only two official. The honorary ones were Dead and Bloated by STP. No Shame. Way Out by STP Definitely. and Sea of Sorrow by Alice in Chains. Mm. Oh, so we right. don't, So there's not really that much. I, I think we'll be adding to that uh, <laughs> pretty I rapidly. Think we'll be adding to the stall of blame. Uh, we'll see. A few times moving forward. <laughs> is Matchbox 20 a Nirvana wannabe? <laughs> they don't know who Nirvana is. <laughs> I think they're. Uh, they're like hood, a. They're a yeah. hoodie. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Uh, 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 County Crow is wanna be. Oh, yeah. 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 Tell me all your thoughts on Pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via face- our Facebook group. Tell me all your thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. However, we still love receiving your emails at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. Next episode. Step up to the podium to face off against Dave Mustaine and Mark McGrath. (laughs) In Celebrity, no, Rock and Roll Jeopardy, while Mark McGrath dumps your girlfriend via cameo. (laughs) Bye. All right, see ya. Bye.